Welcome to Inner Skin Podcast. My name is Sophie Cabanari, and today I'm really glad to receive Tata Arper. So thank you, Tata, to be one of my guests for Inner Skin Podcast. How are you? I am good. I am good. It's summer. It's uh, it's so warm. <laughs> it's like humidity. It's at a thousand percent here in Connecticut, and it's been mm-hmm. raining so much. But today it stopped raining. The sun is out, and uh, and I'm doing good. I I'm going actually to my first day of in-person meetings. That's amazing. Um, like seeing like a, an end to probably like my Zoom life, and mm-hmm. getting back to like. IRL, like in real life uh, meetings, which is fun, you know, like I I miss seeing people and and meeting like all the different teams that we work with. So yeah, it's a a big day. Yeah, Oh, that's, and I'm glad to be part of it. (laughs) Thank you for for having me. I I, I love you so much. And I really miss our conversations. I hope to see you in person when I go back to Paris. Me too. Me too. Definitely. so I will start with the first question, which is, when was the first time you became aware of how other may seeing you? <laughs> I mean, I think that the moment I, I was born, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a Latin woman, so I grew mm-hmm. up in the Latin culture. Yeah. And you are basically concerned, born concerned about self-image. Mm-hmm. Because there, there was nothing more insulting to my mom and to my grandmother than showing up at a party or a social gathering and not be perfectly dressed with the hair done. Uh, you know, like she would get mad. She would be like, oh my God, I spent so much money on you guys, like buying clothing, buying this, and you <laughs> arrive in rags. Like, no, like, like she would actually like, you know, uh, I, I would get uh, scolded really bad. Like she, mm-hmm. she was really serious about that. And I remember even like, um, after school, like, you know, on Fridays, we would always have like a salon appointment, like the first thing on Friday, as soon as I left school, like yeah. I would have lunch and then I, we would go to the beauty salon mm-hmm. and there I would get like highlights, blowouts, nails, like, you know, and just be like really ready for the weekend. It was, <laughs> I love that. It was kind of like, that was kind of like the way I, I thought that that was kind of like normal life, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. like being super aware not you know being sloppy was really not a good thing especially Mm -hmm. for my mom and my family so you know I think that from that what I got is that you know it it really carried along with me um in the sense that I like dressing up and I like uh you know it's part of like feeling good to look good yeah Uh, just because it's been ingrained in me since I'm a little girl so will you say that your family impacted affect your self-image since you're really young? Oh my God, yes. 100%. <laughs> and my mom was so like, you know, my mom is one of those moms that's like brutally honest and yeah. rarely points out the good and it's always pointed <laughs> out when there's something that it's like out of order. Just yeah. like what's up with your hair? You're getting fat. You're like, you know, like that was like a normal conversation in our family uh, all the time. So my sister and I just grew up kind of like used to it. Yeah. Uh, and she was always like really vigilant about like anything that was going on with our looks at all times. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. I have the same at home. My mom, she's exactly the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but even like, I remember like you get together with your friends and a lot revolve around 
beauty, you know, like doing facial, doing mm. hair, doing highlights, uh, talking about like, then, then as you grow older, then it's like a lot of like the procedures, like nose jobs, and, you know, mm. like, like it's just like a normal part of life in Latin culture. Like yeah. I thought that the whole world was like that. And then you start mm -hmm. traveling when you're older and you're like, oh, this is just something that is very unique to us. Yeah. <laughs> so how has your self-image challenged during the transition from your ad adolescence to your adulthood? I think that, you know, during my adolescence, for better or for worse, I've carried this way of being through mm -hmm. adulthood, right? Like I just gotten used to being put together mm. uh, and uh and when i'm put together i feel like myself yeah uh, nowadays i am not as extreme you know i used to be very extreme yeah but now i really like embraced my my body my hair like i have curly hair so you know like i'm typically like i air dry my hair so i you know i embrace my curls yes. i don't feel that i need to be wearing makeup all the time mm -hmm. nor i am as trendy as i used to be as a teenager like as a teenager i was very very trendy mm -hmm. i'm more laid back i think that i i love still like i, I enjoy fashion and i enjoy beauty rituals mm -hmm. so that has kept me you know going back to being put together just because I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that I'm more like casual nowadays, like more yes. casual chic, less, um, less uh, worried about being perfect and more being like myself and, and enjoying like the good and the bad, right? Because that comes with, with age and, uh, and also with years of, uh, of like realizing like, what are you really comfortable with? Mm, I see. I see. Like, how do you, do you deal with your self-image with aging? So, I mean, when I had my, you know, I think that a good, a, like a moment for me where I started not feeling like myself mm -hmm. is after I had my kids, like my pregnancies. I think that during, I had like three kids back to back. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I also had a miscarriage in between. So I felt that I was pregnant for a really long time. Like I think like six years of pregnancy yeah. and I lost myself during that mm -hmm. time. And I was also the time that I was starting my business. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, for me growing up, I had always, you know, I've always been a person that has been kind of like a health enthusiast, like mm -hmm. always like exercising, being in shape, eating well, having healthy habits, but really during my pregnancies, I let it all go. Mm. Although, and I was also, um, starting my business and being a new mom was really uh, taxing for me. Yeah. Uh, and it never really allowed me the chance to get back into my normal routines. And I remember I got a bit depressed uh, through the middle of all of that. And, and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be like, who are you? Like, I don't recognize you. Uh, but I think that, you know, maybe like five, six years ago, I started, you know, once my kids were more self-sufficient and then the business was not at this critical point where, you know, like they need you for everything, right? My team was really small as we were growing. And, uh, but then five, six years ago, I really started reining everything back in and started pulling my food again. 
Mm -hmm. uh, started exercising. I got a personal trainer just to really like help me, force me to find yeah. the time to exercise, right? When you know that someone is like ringing at your door <laughs> and that hey, no matter what, you're you like, to get okay, ready. I better be ready for that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I feel that getting back in shape was a big yeah. part for me. Okay. Of okay. finding, of finding also like, you know, feeling good again, mm. just because I've always been in shape and, 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 and being in shape and having like a healthy body has always made me feel good. And not having that mm. was, was a bit depressing for me. I see. Uh, so, so like really getting back in shape, exercising, starting to eat, you know, more moderately and not like eat everything that, you know, I, I, I have a really big appetite so I can eat a lot. Okay. Some people like see me eat and they're like, oh my God, you eat like three times of what we, it was what, <laughs> you know, like I, like a normal person eats. So, um, yeah, I started like reining back my diet. I started fasting. Mm -hmm. I started just incorporating a lot of the things that, um, that I loved. And I started also realizing that if I'm not well, nothing is well. Like I needed to take care of myself first and foremost so that I could take care of other people. Because, yeah. you know, when you have a business and you have kids, you're always giving, giving your time. You're always giving your attention. You're always solving problems. And you kind of like put yourself last. Mm -hmm. Always. I would put myself last always. And it was the end of the day and I didn't really do any of the things that I enjoyed doing. And I think that, you know, getting back into my rituals and the thing that I enjoy, which I enjoy exercise a lot. I know that it might sound weird, but I've been exercising since I'm a little girl, since I'm like 10. I'm going okay. to doing gymnastics, aerobics, you know, like all sorts of, you know, training. Yeah. And, and I really miss that. There's something about exercise in the brain, your brain chemistry and your dop, yeah. like the dopamine and like all mm. those things in your brain that are activated when you exercise and when you have like a, like a routine of that, yeah. that not having that really affected me. Yeah, I see. It's really, yeah, it's really important to just make the balance and keep it like staying healthy and yeah. yeah. So, and for and for other people are different things, right? For yeah. other people, it's about you know making sure that they are cooking or yeah. that they're playing tennis or that they're doing hobbies. But I think that hobbies it's a really important part of um, you know uh, like little rituals that you incorporate just yeah. to feel good. And and I started dancing also because I, I you know, know I grew up in a culture <laughs> that dances a lot. Like we're always dancing. Yeah. And, and, and one of my girls, she's a dancer and she goes okay. to an academy. And I started like a few years ago, started training and dancing mm -hmm. with uh, one of her instructors. And yeah. that has even added like even more joy <laughs> to my, to my right. life. I honestly, like, I love dancing. It's like those little things that, you know, make you forget, get you out of your head. Like mm -hmm. I feel that dancing is like one of those things that you're so focused on what you're doing and, yeah. and you're like in this happy vibe that you really like you get out of your head and like all that constant stream of thoughts that sometimes, you know, just come on uh, without you wanting them. Yes, I completely see. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really a it's healthy way to just disconnect you to like, too much work and too much, you know, family or whatever. You focus on you for a little while, and after you get back to your life. Yeah. What do you do for disconnect? Like, oh. what's your? 
<laughs> so I I tend to do uh, meditations. I I'm not I'm not good in sports. I should I should get back to sports, but I'm I'm I try to have those little moments before I go to work. Now mm-hmm. I'm walking by to like by the scene, um, you know, the river to go to work. So it's like roughly it's like one and a half an hour of uh, you know walking and that's helped me to just I don't work I don't want to um, have a call or whatever so that's it I do this once a day <laughs> once a day that's good walking is great like mm-hmm. I feel like people underestimate walking but walking yeah. is one of the best exercises that there is especially by a river like amazing. it's you know when you're in Paris it looks like you know you're under a like little dream and the, the light is amazing and and mm-hmm. it's just helped me to be focused. But I needed to exercise more, I think, just to, yeah. And also <laughs> to lose the weight for, of the lockdown, of course. <laughs> the lockdown counts. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> can you, um, can you uh, tell me about like the relationship that you have with the modern beauty culture, which you are part of, kind of? I think you are one of yeah. them part of it yeah for sure but you know I have a very traditional approach to beauty Mm -hmm. and I think this has to do with uh, you know like I I've been doing like a beauty routine and immersing the world of beauty since I'm a little girl yeah and it was very um, influenced by my grandmother and my mother so it's a very traditional approach and Mm-hmm. And that has stayed with me and, you know, and I have been able to confirm with a lot of like skin biologists and, and uh, chemists and scientists that I, uh, that I'm in constant communication with mm-hmm. that, you know, th- there's something really good about a good old routine, right? Mm-hmm. From one brand, consistency, massaging your skin, right? Like, and I think that that's why once one of the things that we share is that this love for massaging and how it makes you feel good and incorporating massage techniques from so many different cultures. I remember my grandmother was really into a lot of the French and the Japanese massage techniques. So my, my approach is, it's traditional. Yeah. But also my approach as a, I think at also being a Latin woman, like more is more yeah. and not less is more. Like here in the US. <laughs> I love it. But <laughs> now in the US, I've been living here for 20 plus years. Mm. And here it's more uncomplicated. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to appreciate more like the less is more. I love the more is more when it comes to beauty because more... Yeah products, more results, you know, yeah. the more massaging that you do, the more things that you do. I mean, obviously in, in moderation, right? But um, it's not about being um, minimal. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that I am, uh, you know, like my mindset is there. I think that the other thing is that in today's world of routines that change all the time, I think mm-hmm. that that's one thing that I, I am not a big fan of. Like yes. a lot of people's routines are just like layering tons of products like hero products from so many different brands Friends, that's true. And, 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 and sometimes i am amazed and i ask them like are you sure that you can layer all of these things together right like aren't you like and then i look at the ingredients and i'm like do you realize that you put like you've layered like AHAs in five different products in your skin, right? Like all the alpha hydroxy acids. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that leads to 
you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling on active ingredients that might not be a good idea to be quadrupling or quintupling on, right? Just because people don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's also like something very uh, underestimated about using layering steps that are part of one line. That's and true. Like when we formulate our products, we formulate them so that they all work together, right? Yeah. In a and it creates like this synergistic effect mm-hmm. in the skin that really helps amplify the skin because every step is doing something different and something complementary to all the other steps. Yes. And I think that we've lost that a little bit in this modern culture of uh, hero product layering and not a lot of people really understanding yeah. uh, if they can and they end up overdoing it, over exfoliating and leading to a lot of reactions in exactly. their skin. That's why I will say I'm sure that you've probably seen that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, also, there's a trend of, do, of using less ingredients, right? Like products that have just have like one active ingredient yes. and that has been there for a long time. Um, but then what happens, and I remember that uh, when I was a beauty customer, I would suffer from the same problem that you feel that you need to buy so many things to cover your bases because you want the HAs, you Mm -hmm. want the vitamin C, you want the hyaluronics, right? And a lot of these products come with just single active ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you end up buying so much. And also I feel, and, and, you know, and, and it's one of the things that, you know, that has been embedded in how we formulate that the Harper skincare Yes. is that I feel that there is not one ingredient that can really do it all. Like there's no silver bullet in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a lot of different ingredients to target all of the needs of the skin. Like for example, we all love vitamin C, right? Yeah. And vitamin C is amazing on brightening. It's an amazing antioxidant. It helps promote collagen, but mm-hmm. it doesn't help with another slew of things, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't help with epidermal thickness. It doesn't help with relaxing wrinkles it doesn't help with like voluminizing the skin right so it's like in order to have a really good formula you need to add a lot of active ingredients that are creating a synergistic effect within the formula so that you get lots of results from many many angles like for example if we're gonna like in our moisturizers i'm gonna give you a perfect example like yes hyaluronic acid we all heard of it we know that it's a it's an amazing ingredient to help retain hydration in the skin, but you need hyaluronic acid of many different molecular sizes, yes. right? Because depending on the molecular size of the hyaluronic, mm-hmm. you know where that hyaluronic is going to go. So you need a really small molecular weight hyaluronic acid, that that's the one that is going to go deeper inside of the skin, yeah. that's going to work in your dermis. And then you need a medium-sized hyaluronic that's going to work in more like the epidermis. And then you need higher molecular sizes for like the barrier, right? So there's even like a mask, the hydrating floral mask has a range of a thousand sizes of hyaluronic acid. Okay. Right? So it boils down even to that. Also, hyaluronic acid traps moisture, mm-hmm. but you need seeded moisture, right? So you need a lot of humectants in the formula that are bringing water and bringing water into the skin for hyaluronic acid to trap and retain. Yes. And then also you need a lot of ingredients to for transepidermal water loss, meaning like water evaporates from the skin. And if you don't have ingredients that lock the water in place, mm-hmm. then all that water is going to be lost. So yeah. there's no one ingredient that can do it all. You know what I mean? Like you really need to 
we engineer always our formula so that we're taking into account every step of the processes that we're trying to affect. You know what I mean? I completely uh, also like a lot of the buzzy ingredients nowadays, even the ones that I just mentioned, like vitamin C, yeah. like chloronic, they're ingredients that have been around forever, right? Yeah. Like the eighties, mm. they're really like, like they're great technologies and we use them and we love them, but yeah. they're, uh, but they're technologies that are old. They're technologies mm. that are from the eighties. They, you know, and nowadays we, we are at the forefront of so many new, you know, amazing biotech and yeah, amazing exactly. technology that it's around that it's uh it's a little bit of a mess that we're always craving for like, the, the 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 just the old ingredients and then mm. we're just really drawn to those when there's a lot of new ingredients out there today yes definitely um, much more no, and do things better for your yeah. skin yeah i think it's it's definitely that it's really game changing and then although um uh, is the fact that it's always biosourced um then now it's more like green and clean and you know um, oh my God, that's another thing, right? Like <laughs> we're part of that movement, but when yeah. we launched, yeah, we, you, you was you know, like, like yeah, it was one of the first at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, we were actually the first one, not the yeah. first in the sense that we were not the first natural brand. I think that mm -hmm. we were the first natural brand that was truly a hundred percent pure, right? Like all of mm -hmm. our ingredients come from nature. Like we don't use any synthetic chemicals whatsoever. But yeah. then that also like makes all of the amazing green technology out there. Because when I launched, um, there was even, you know, there was not even a product that you can buy that was really, uh, that was really meant or formulated for a serious skincare client. Like someone yeah. that wants like real results. It was just formulated for someone that wanted something natural. But, you know, like I remember seeing a lot of products that were just like oils and a little bit of like honey. And I love those ingredients. They're great. Yeah. I don't want to under, you know, undervalue them. But you need a lot more, right? Yeah. To be able to provide results, mm -hmm. like real, real results. Um, so we were the first line. And when we launched, we, they're clean. The whole clean movement didn't exist. It was just about being natural, being organic. But then the clean movement arise that was really uh, kind of like also, um, how do you say, like was really motivated by a lot of like uh, distribution partners, by a lot of stores started creating standards and creating a set of like, oh, we don't want you to include this or that or the other. And then this whole clean movement arise, which is, which is great. I think that it, it means that people are, companies are making efforts to remove controversial chemicals be more sustainable um, and we all win from that the yeah. issue that it typically there with clean beauty is that it leads to a lot of customer confusion because people end up being disappointed because what they bought was not necessarily what they thought they were buying because you know people are confused they think like oh my god this is vegan this is all natural this should be all made out of vegetables and i'm like no <laughs> vegan meat, they don't have any animal byproducts yes right or they buy something and and every brand has their definition of what clean means to them that's true so there's no universal set of standards rules for the terminology like everybody like has their own set of rules so so for some brands it's about avoiding six ingredients about some other brands about just removing parabens and adding lavender 
some other brands, it's about having a more sustainable packaging and, you know, it's all over the place. And it's, it's, that's where it gets confusing. And I feel that nowadays it's more important than ever that to, to learn about the seals, right? The certifications that are part of beauty products, uh, because that, what tells you, that, that tells you more of a bigger story about what you're buying. Like, for example, when you buy our products, you can see that we have the EcoCert seal. That's a really, uh, that's a really big deal. Like our whole line has EcoCert and has had EcoCert since the beginning. And there you can see that 100% of the ingredients are natural and it also gives you the organic content, right? Like in that seal. But then you also have like the vegan seal, the cruelty-free yeah. seal, like you also have like Forta certified seal. And then that tells you all the things that are really important for that brand and what you're buying and a better story in this world of clean and unregulated uh, beauty products. Yes. So that's so like I love I'm passionate about this. It's really it's really good to see that, and especially because yeah, as I say, you're one of the pioneer. So you arrived. It wasn't that it wasn't a trend, and you have those big brands who was like take like taking over, and you arrived. You believed on what you did, and you definitely like it was game changing for all of the rest. And it, I, yeah, so I admire you for, for that. I think that it motivated a lot of people to number one, that it was, you're able to make it happen. Because when I launched, everybody thought that I was crazy and that it, that we were not <laughs> able to formulate a product that was really efficacious and that worked and with only using natural ingredients. And then by actually making it happen after five years, you realize that a lot of those constraints or were more cultural and psychological than technological mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that you are able to make it happen like you don't mm -hmm. need parents you don't need all that stuff you don't need petroleum you don't need propylene glycol like you know like when you google that stuff you realize that are ingredients that belong in like your car mm. you know like petroleum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all of those demethicones and all those silicones are just petroleum like why would i want to put on my eye, eyes and my face Something. that quality of raw materials, right? That are industrial and that belong in like machines, not mm. in my equipment. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, so can you describe a day that you like, you know, you will have to get ready and mm. all of the rituals you create to feel um, beautiful and empowered? Beautiful and empowered. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that definitely my skin, right? Like I think my skin needs to be glowy. So I always start the day with exfoliating my skin, removing all the, that skin cell buildup. And by doing that every day, I do that with the regenerating cleanser on dry skin. Like I polish my skin. Uh, then everything that I apply after is just going to penetrate better. And then I layer all of my skin skincare steps like I do hydrating floral essence and I do elixir vitae and, and I massage my you know I massage them in I really enjoy massaging my skin like it, it there's something like really transformative about um my skincare ritual to me yeah. uh, and I said a lot of people share that same transformative aspect in their lives and you know like it, it just brings so much joy and happiness right mm -hmm. then I think that I think that it's critical to have like a good hair day. I think that the, you know, when I have a good hair day, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a good day. No matter <laughs> <what>. <laughs> no, 
That's true. <laughs> I agree. It's shiny when the hair is glossy, when it's like not like five times the volume. Like I have really curly, wild hair. And, um, and when all of that is tamed and it looks amazing, you know, like I feel so good. I've been, I struggle my whole, like I struggle with a bad hair life. You know, like always my hair has been like, you know, my problem child. Mm -hmm. uh, so when my hair is looking good, I feel really good. I feel really confident. Mm. Um, you know, I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely my hair plays a big role in me feeling good altogether because my skin doesn't give me a lot of issues. And, and also my skin is very predictable if I feed it with the right things and if I am, you know, my, my rituals are very consistent, but my hair is like a, <laughs> a loose cannon. <laughs> and then the next step is just dressing up. I really enjoy, uh, you know, just putting clothing on that it's like really fun and that makes me feel good. Like right now I'm into skirts and dresses, uh, which I've never been a lot into it because I've always been like a denim girl, like pants and okay and you know kind of like blazers but lately I'm into dresses and using belts with dresses and pulling out all the skirts like I'm wearing a skirt today mm -hmm. and, and I think that that is fun and it makes me feel good to 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 look in the mirror and feel that you know that I look pretty yeah definitely and I, uh, yeah I'm like the hair the hair thing is um I think it's it's universal. I think we are all. It's, you know, I talk to my friends all the time and we're like, I think that hair, having a good hair, mm. good hair is probably like 60% or even 70% of the whole look. Yeah. You know? Like, like your skin is good. Like, but the hair, there's something yeah. about the hair, right? Like, and, and <laughs> I think you understand what I mean. <laughs> Yeah. So can you tell me who are your beauty role model? My beauty role models. I don't think I have one beauty role model. I admire a lot of different uh, girls. Like I love Eva Harisgova. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love her. I love Jennifer Connelly. Okay. Um, what are other beauty role models? I love Leticia, Leticia Casta. I know. Dress. She's beautiful. Uh, I mean, there's so many. There's so mm -hmm. many. Uh, Sofia Vergara from Colombia. I remember, like she, she, she grew up in my same town in Colombia. We're from mm -hmm. Barranquilla, and we we're contemporary. She's a tiny bit older than I am, okay. but um, you know, I grew up in a really small town, so we used to see each other at the gym, you know, at the pastry shop, at like the you know, at the club, mm -hmm. wherever. And, uh, and she was growing up definitely one of my biggest uh, beauty role models. Okay, I see. Like she always had like great skin. She applied makeup in a really beautiful way. She mm -hmm. was, you know, she loved exercising like me. So I, you know, I was, I, I think that I'm like, you know, a couple of years younger than her. So when you're younger and you have like an older girl <laughs> that you really admire, like she, she becomes such a role model and, mm -hmm. and he was my role model growing up. Great. Um, so how do you feel about plastic surgery and aesthetic adjustment? So, you know, I am really, um, 
you know, like my skincare line is a skincare line that it's all about removing synthetic chemicals because they're not a good idea to put them for your health. Yeah. But I grew up in a culture where plastic surgery and all of that, those procedures are so normal. Yeah. Right. Like I don't have anything against that mm-hmm. at all. I think that do whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, family, we've had plastic surgery. I don't know how many of us. Um, I, uh, I did uh, a plastic surgery on my nose when I was like 14. Okay. I had a deviated septum and I mm-hmm. didn't breathe. And I also didn't, you know, my mom's like, oh, let's just fix that, right? Like, like, why do you need to suffer with that? Like, you can just get a plastic surgery. Like, it's so normal. And I think that it's very normalized. We, you speak about that with your friends all the time. Like my Colombian friends, obviously my American friends, they're really not into that mm-hmm. at all. And there's a lot of like stigma with that. But I grew up in a part of the world where it's very real and mm-hmm. people get, surgery my mom's friends got plastic surgery it's actually something that you talk about with no problem at all like boobs uh liposuction like you know like uh my sister just came a couple weeks ago and she also fixed her nose because she she didn't like her nose and she had you know like a nose job a month ago you know so there's no issues whatsoever like if you are if correcting something makes you happy go ahead Like I'm not about um, promoting going gray gracefully unless you like that. Right. Um, But um, what I am really a proponent on and really kind of like not, you know, like against is the Mm -hmm. use of synthetic chemicals. Like you don't need synthetic chemicals in your everyday life, especially Mm -hmm. because you use them every single day, right? You Mm -hmm. use your product every single day, twice a day. So why put those substances that are not healthy for you? But yeah. if you want to do Fraxels, if you want to go into your plastic surgeon and do whatever you want, like go ahead. If you, that yeah. makes you feel good. That's true. And right? I, what do you think about plastic surgery? I, I personally, like, I don't have any opinion. I think, I think I will maybe, I, I, I think I will end up maybe doing it because I see also yeah. a lot of my clients who do it, who've done it. And it's really beautiful. The, the, I always say to my clients who say, who ask me question about this, I say like, go for the best, uh, you know, doctor that you can find. Don't go for it. You know, like it's yeah, not the whole experiment. Exactly. It's same for the product. I mean, like if, if it's good, you have to invest on it if you want to, you know, and especially if you want to respect, you know, who you are at the end of the day and don't be like, uh, you know, look like others who, you know, um, mm-hmm. so it's really, and I, th- I find because I, I have time for all over the world and that's true that like in South America, although in, um, in like, uh, you know, uh, Middle East, it's more open to it. And there, there is a thing. You know, my mom got her first plastic surgery when she was 32. Okay. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I was like, mom, what were you thinking? She's like, I don't know. That's what <laughs> we did. I mean, like, I, I love what I did. I'm like, okay. I mean, like, as long as you're, you know, it's for you. I think it's, it, you know, it, what, what's the point? You, you know, you just want to kind of maintain yourself and feel like, you know, if there is anything that it makes you feel good in your skin, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there is no way to say no to it. 
and and I, f I found mo way more healthy to talk about it like you know rather than say oh I'm doing nothing and you know like doesn't have any fine line at 50 and say oh I'm doing nothing I just drink water as <laughs> a lot of French women do <laughs> and say yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything I just drink a lot of water but which no, is but I also get why some people might get uncomfortable you know yeah about it i mean it's not for everybody to talk about it, it again yeah. it depends on the culture that you grew up in That's and true. there's no right or wrong and i'm not mm -hmm. here to tell people what they should be doing and no. they ultimately know what are the things that make them happy and that is the most important thing because when you're happy mm -hmm. you're the most attractive you know yeah. like, like when you feel good and you feel happy you radiate that back yes uh, you radiate that back and and if that's that's what it needs and you need a fractal or you need like an ipl to remove like that dark yes. spot that you want off your face go ahead yes. right like go ahead like i i don't like to judge uh anybody when it comes to uh mm. to anything honestly and especially not any of their beauty practices whatever they are yes definitely um so uh to, 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 to. So do you have any complex or any, or, or any specific hang up? If you want Are to talk about what, sorry. Do you have any complex or any specific hang up? Hang up? Um, not at the moment, not at the moment. I feel pretty comfortable in my skin. When I was younger, I was always, my complex is what I was too thin. Mm -hmm. But that's not a problem. <laughs> um, I, not at the moment. I've actually like really like accepted myself how I am, all the good and the bad. And, you know, I realize that it's like some things might not be, you know, like I, you know, I'm not as toned as I used to be, but I'm good. Like I feel good. It's okay. Like I feel healthy. I feel strong, which is what I want to feel. I don't have any particular hang up at the moment. I feel that now at my, you know, I'm 45. I feel that a lot of those like silly complexes and hang up are like really like in my past. Okay, I see. So this is the last question. Can you describe an embarrassing phase of faux pas as you made as I didn't you define yourself? Getting a tattoo. <laughs> Getting a tattoo. I really regret that. <laughs> I really regretted that. Um, I, I, it's one of those things that was kind of like impulsive and I did it like, you know, I was in Paris and I decided to get this tattoo like with some friends and you know that you get really excited yeah but then you're like why why did i do that like, and and i love people that have really good tattoos it's just mm. like i don't like them on me mm -hmm. um, but i do appreciate a lot of body art when i see it there's yeah. so good body art out there i just um it's one of those things that i just like i, I don't know why i did that yeah uh, but yeah. there's plenty of people who do, like who have the same thing. So, you know, you just, you feel like, you know, it's for you, but after, afterwise you just see it and just feel like, oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm preferring yeah. all the skin <laughs> than mine. Yeah. Totally. And did you have done it, remove it or did you keep it? Just no, I haven't removed. I still have it. It's like right here, like behind my... Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's I see just right on your back. But yeah, it's right on my back. Uh, you know, I it, it's there. I haven't yeah. removed it because I I did it, and it's a reminder mm. of like, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Okay, so that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Tata, for your time and thank you for all of those tips that you give it to us, you share with us. And, and thank you, Sophie, for inviting me. Mwah, sending you a big kiss and uh, enjoy your summer. Thank you. Love your hair, by the way. Looks like you look so sweet. My hair do. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. That was the Tata Arbor Inner Skin Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great summer. <laughs>